Hello everyone and welcome to the Chompcast, the official video game podcast of Sword Chomp. Our mission is simple, to discuss the video games we are playing, to discuss all issues surrounding gaming, and to cultivate a community of people who want to discuss gaming together. What a hell of a good week it's been. Both Nintendo and Sony surprised the gaming world with their digital showcases, packed with information on games that are about to release, reveal trailers, and additional perks of their respective offerings. We're excited to break each one down. It's going to be a very lengthy ordeal, but after that, we are going to be talking about the games we've been playing, such as Splatoon 3, Temtem, Tinykin, Metal, Colon, Hellsinger, Blind Fate, Edo no Yami, and Horizon Forbidden West. So let's get it straight into the intros as we have a lot to discuss. Um, first off, I'm Shay and I'll be your host for today. I'm joined by the man, the myth, the Garund. Recently, running has been his hobby. Talking hasn't been as much of a priority, but today we changed that. Please welcome Rich Meister to the show. Rich, how you doing? Thanks for having me on, uh, Gary. <laughs> Gary. <laughs> yeah, we were joking about that before the show. Um, if I worked at a hostess club, my nickname mm-hmm. would be Gary Gaijin. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. But how you feeling? How you doing? How you living? Shidoyama listed in the... Uh... Sleepy. <laughs> in the menu. Hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, I am yeah, burning the candle at both ends, as the kids say. Hot, hot, mm. sexy. It's hard Not to find. It's hard to find holders that uh, that'll allow you to do that these days. Yeah, that's like a one, weird ones that'll stick in your ass cheeks, in between your ass cheeks. Well, one, ones that'll let you just kind of stab a candle right through the middle, so you can actually so, burn yeah. it at both ends. Yeah, so that's a fun that's thing to true. do. I'll take your word for it, but no, I mean, I'm, I'm excited to talk with you about these showcases today, Rich, because like, unfortunately we didn't get to watch them together. We were just kind of like all sharing the news with each other on WhatsApp and whatnot. So I'm excited to get your unfiltered opinions. Dog shit. All of it. Just like my, I'm I'm going to put that as a, as a quote for our show. Dog shit. All of it. Rich Meister. There you go. It's your yep. back of the box quote. Yep, yep. Good thing we don't have any boxes to be on the back of. Box. Boxes. Boxes. Well, I'm glad you're here, Rich. Sleepy and all. Um also joining me today is a friend who has been working on their hermit status as of late, slowly imitating the life of his hero, Maxine. Quavtar, I don't know if I'm going to be able to pronounce this. Quavtar Odds. That was a fucking, that was a hell of a last name. Jarring Okra and a brand new dog couldn't stop them from making it to the show. Please welcome Josh Fowler. Josh, how you doing, buddy? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm, I'm, I, I do this. Um, with the, sorry, I'm, I'm going to go way too in depth on pickling okra. I mean, not really. You're not going to get any recipes here because that, that that's going to cost you extra. Secret recipes. Anyway, that's right. It's passed down through generations. 
Yeah, I've I've done this with my uh my apple cider recipe, which is famous in four counties at this point. Um but Damn. um I'm working on my ochre recipe currently. Um I've got about nine jars currently canned, but in order for the flavors to come together, you kinda need to let them sit for two weeks, which makes the process of perfecting a recipe uh kind of a whole process. Um, tedious yeah yeah so like you tweak one thing and you have to wait quite a while to find out if it actually worked mm. um so I'm, I'm trying to perfect the recipe like I've, I've i've got my first batch in i was using champagne vinegar which i really like because it's it's got that it's it's a much more vinegar forward flavor to it like it's 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 not subtle but it's also very bright, and it kind of complements the rest of the, all all the vegetal, everything that's going on in a in a pickle right. otherwise, and especially okra. Um, so that that was my first batch, and then I went with uh, rice wine vinegar for the next ones, which is a similar Ooh. sort of thing, but much more subdued. It's a much more, yes, much more round flavor. flavor. It's it's not as bright. Um which I think kind of lets the okra shine a lot more. Um, but so far on that batch, I think the, I think the, the garlic is a little bit too strong because once I lose the vinegar there, there's nothing really to balance out the garlic flavor. So, okay. uh, so for this third batch, I, I pre-pickled my garlic. Um, so a lot of that flavor would come out beforehand, and then okay. I took that pickled garlic and put that in there, and we're going to see if that kind of allows the okra to still be there and not kind of get overpowered with it from that second batch. It's, it's, and again, I, I just did that yesterday, so I've, I've got another couple weeks to find out if that's really... If it worked out or not. Yeah, yeah, if that really is where, where I need to head with it. Uh, I, I, I kind of did two, di- two different things on this one. I, I did that, and then I also... Uh, instead of using my pickled scotch bonnet peppers, I used a, a fresh one, which uh, should add, again, kind of going back and forth there. I made the garlic pickled, but then I had been using my pickled scotch bonnets because I needed to preserve those. I'm, I'm using a fresh scotch bonnet for this jar, for, for one of them. We're going to see if that works by, having, by just kind of switching them out and seeing if mm. that makes it a little bit spicier by getting all the heat in there instead of having some of it leached out into the... Essentially, I was making pepper sauce, which, uh, y- you know, it's just, just peppers with a lot of vinegar and salt in it uh, in order to get all the flavor out of it, and then you can just pour that on something, which is, which is right. great, especially on something like cornbread and, and pinto beans, where, where you don't really want a lot of flavor from the hot sauce, but you want a little bit of... Uh, just, just heat added to it, and then a little bit of astringency added to it so the beans aren't too heavy um anyway Mm. so that was the idea was i want pepper sauce but side effect being also i preserve all my all my scotch bonnets um so i've I've got a couple experience going on on this uh this particular batch and we'll we'll see where they head from here um oh yeah yeah it's 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 a my apple cider. It's an affair. I perfected that recipe in college, which was great because, you know, I can make a whole batch of apple cider and give it out to an entire floor on a dormitory. 
Uh, And that that gets rid of it real fast. So I don't have to worry about, you know, what the fuck do I do with all this apple cider I just made? Because it's it's pretty (laughs) easy to get away with. Uh, I I don't think I was supposed to have a stove there because they they don't really like you keeping explosives on uh, on a on a you know in a in a college dormitory. But but also, I mean, if I'm giving away apple cider and have my camp stove and propane tanks there. No one's really complaining. You know, I, 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 I you know, didn't cook it in the dormitory. You take it outside, go, go to the, you know, Drive head, your head, head to the, the quad, and if you have free apple cider there, it goes pretty fast, um, which is a good way to perfect a recipe like that because you, you've got a lot of people to test it on. So, yeah, the, the okra is going quite a bit slower. I think this may be one of those... You know, it, 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 could, it could take a few months to perfect this recipe, just given the amount of time it takes per iteration. Makes sense. Yeah. White people problems, am I right? Fucking white people, am I right? White people and their okra, right? White yeah. people and their okra. Which is, which is a thing no one who knows about white people or okra will ever say. Very true. Very true. Well, you know, I'm, I mean... I'm really sad right now that you guys told me this before the show because I somehow missed mm. the news that the Shining Force uh, mobile game has been canceled. Nobody you missed the news, news because nobody cared. News, news feels a little generous. Yeah. You, get, you guys are <laughs> me. You're making me sad two times now. Aw. Well, the show just started, so strap in. Misery loves company. Yeah, <laughs> y'all are vicious today. Eh, a little bit. I don't know. You all right, Rich? Me? I'm good. I'm great. I'm mediocre at best. Um, you're good, great, mediocre. Gotcha. I'm fine. I'm I'm probably better than I've been in a long time in a, a certain mental state. Well, that's okay. That's okay. I forgive you. I don't know why, but I forgive you. Sure. Yeah. Let's get into the showcase. Let's just get straight <clears throat> in. Um, sure. The, the way I'm going to do it is I'm just going to go through all the announcements, and, like same as before, and if you guys want to stop me and talk about anything, or I'll stop and talk about things, we'll just go from yeah. there. Otherwise, I'll just name, name the announcements one by one. That sounds fine. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. So the show started out with one of the announcements that I was most excited for. Um, Fire Emblem. There's a new Fire Emblem coming out. It has a little bit of crossover with some of the other Fire Emblems. Um, there's going to be dragons in it, which, the, I mean, there are always dragons in Fire Emblem games, but seems to be more of like a uh, narrative-heavy reason why there are dragons in this one, which is exciting. Uh, the name I'm not sold on. I mean, I get why. It's called Fire Emblem Engage. But uh, the name was a bizarre reveal, I would say. But eh, it's fine. I mean, I don't know. I'm not really super concerned about it having to have a super catchy name. Speak for yourself. It's Fire Emblem. It's a known quantity. It That's looks true. good. The, it's yeah, a, it the looks The main character is a VTuber. <laughs> true, true. No, but like, what do you think about the, the crossover elements of the game? Um, I thought they were 
<clears throat> this was like a Tokyo Mirage says in sequel for a minute. Um, but we'll see how that stuff like pans out strongly in the narrative. I mean, I'm up for any gimmicky thing they want to try. Obviously, they they look for ways to shoehorn like these better known Fire Emblem characters into these games at these point at this point. But mm. uh, it's long. It looks good as long as combat is Fire Emblem mass combat. I hope they take a lot of the uh, sim elements from Three Houses. You know the ones where they just made it Persona. Uh, yeah. So I mean, promising. Yeah, for sure. You think like Marth was the character you probably wanted to see the most return? I think for most people, that's probably it. Maybe not like me personally, but yeah, I'm. That's fair. Yeah, Marth is, is one of those characters character. that kind of has is, is the face of Fire Emblem, but also Roy's our boy. Yeah, well, not even just that. I don't think Marth is much of a character. I think it's way more just the political intrigue that's going on around Marth in that game that's that's better. Marth is not Marth is not that much of a character. Yeah. As far as this you I know. mean, we like Ike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna name Shouch from Smash Brothers games and mm-hmm. reference them. Why not? Roy's our boy. We like Ike. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean Marth isn't like my, my first choice per se, but I think it's it's cool that there's some like universe crossover. Sure. I'm It's hard to tell exactly what they're doing with that. It seems like it's supposed to all be one universe as far as that goes just on in different points in time in it, yeah. but they also don't Which they played really, around with before. Yeah, they also don't really do much with it. It's just it's just kind of generally there where you've got stuff like, you know, Remember this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, this is still the same universe, even though there's nothing that would suggest It's so that far removed in... that it doesn't matter, yeah. Yeah. There's not fine. like a cohesive storyline that you would it's need just... to know from other games. It's just... No, kinda... the Fire Emblem Historia will come out next year. Oh, dear God. Yeah. Well, let's move on from that. Um, I'm excited... More Fire Emblem's always good for me. Yeah. Uh, it Takes Two is coming to the Nintendo Switch a little bit later this year, which, cool. Yeah. Good, good. Fr- frankly, I, it's about time. Did, yeah, did game saved our marriage. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. I don't, I don't know if Rich and I would still be together. If, if not, not for, for that it game. It Takes Two. If not for Hakeem. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> Fatal Frame, Mask of the Lunar Eclipse, which was originally oh, yeah. released on the Wii, is coming in early 2023. Never released in the U.S. ever. Yeah, yeah, that too. So that's a big they, deal. They just, what was it? it? Was last year? I think it was sometime last year. But they finally released the the other Fatal Frame that came out on the Wii U. Yeah, the they Switch. suddenly seem to want to get us all the Fatal Frame games, yeah, which is fine. Like, Fatal that Frame one actually cool. had a had a you know a release outside of Japan. But that one was, it seems um, like the response to it on the Switch was good enough. They were finally made like, in okay. Blackwater, right? Yeah, Maiden of Blackwater was the, the other one, yeah. Um, that stuff's also coming to Steam, like Maiden of Blackwater did, just to be clear. It's coming to other consoles yes, as yes. well. But that, that, that's a good thing, because this is one of those series that, frankly, is way better than the audience for it would have you believe, just, like, based off of size. It is it is a it is punching well above its weight as far as the 
quality of those games compared to the number of people who know anything about them. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. I am a fan of the horror genre in general, and Fatal Frame's a cool, like, unique one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it looks interesting. It'll be, it'll be cool to see that coming to the Switch, I think. Um, yeah. There's more info on the season pass on the Xenoblade Chronicles 3, uh, for those of you who enjoy that game. Like body horror. Exactly. Check out the new character. Check them out. SpongeBob SquarePants, the Cosmic Shake, shake is coming out next year. Um, I actually kind of, like, after playing Tiny Kin, I was like, oh, that's cute. I kind of want to play that. I <laughs> like that that remake of uh, Battle for Bikini Bottom did so well that they're like, fuck it, we're going to make a new one of these. I think that's just delightful. Yeah, yeah. I that think remake, so, too. Well, I think, A, that game always had a cult following, but then, B, they remade it, and then... C, it was one of the free games on, on PlayStation. And mm. I think that all of that kind of came together to make it have a really strong, you know, release for that remaster. Sure. Um, and it, like, that, even back in the day, like, that was a pretty well put together 3D platformer. Yeah. Like, An- another collectathon getting... sort of a thing. And that kind of yeah. seems to be having a revival at the moment, which I guess D, collectathons are kind of having a revival at the moment. So. Yeah. So sure, as they should. I think that they were they're fun, laid back games, and I think people mm-hmm. took them probably too seriously. And I also think there there's probably part of it where, um, if they're priced accordingly, I think that they're great. You know, like Tiny Kins, which we'll talk about later, is not a very expensive game, and for the amount of uh, enjoyment I got out of it, I think that you know that's the right price range, even if. I'm playing it on Game Pass, you know, for example, it's, yeah, you know, it's worth the subscription, the one month subscription fee for that, you know, so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Collectathons are fun games. Uh, this one, one that I know you guys loved uh, the, the announcement. Um, I love the announcement, too. Fitness Boxing Fist of the North Star is coming in 2023. Oh, my God. Oh. Uh. Fitness of the you, North Star. You don't Star. even know that you're already dead. Yeah. You don't even know you're already swole. Exactly. God damn. Dude, I, I love, love, I love that Ken. announcement. I love this Ken. This is the stupidest That's... bullshit ever. I'm so glad. Fist of the North, North Star is one of the best anime ever as far as being just over the top, dumb as hell, and excellent. You know what uh, I was reminded of when this was announced, and I thought to myself, I really need to make time to play that, and I can't believe I still never have, that the Yakuza team made a Fist of the North Star game a few years ago. I I remember that being announced, but I've never played it either. Yeah, it came out. The the Yakuza team made a Fist of the North Star game. (laughs) That sounds like the people to do it. Just a big, dumb, brawling game. Yeah. With Fist of the North Star. That, yeah. I, I can't imagine anyone else better doing that. No, nor nor can I. That is something I feel like I should probably uh, take some time for at yeah. some point soon. It, again, re-recommending this. Watch Fist of the North Star if you haven't. It is so good. So good. W- one of the greatest end themes of all time. Okay. Well, that's glowing yeah. endorsement. Yeah. This, this, um, this, this is an old, old school anime with that is a, lot of, a lot of the reused animations and stuff but like 
it was much more about world building and kind of, you know. That game's only going for 20 bucks these days. I think Ooh. I might have to pick up Fist of the North Star Lost Paradise. You may have to do that. There's a $4 add-on where you can play as Kiryu. <laughs> okay. If that's the thing you want to do. <laughs> Why not? Um, okay. So next one, Oddballers is dropping next year. Um, then that's really a, that's a solid name. Way, cool. I, I have to, before we move on, that's a solid name. Oddballers. It's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so next is uh tunic is coming to the switch September 27th, which made me a little bit frustrated since I just played it on Xbox and I wish it had come out sooner. I could have played it on my trip to the U S and back. But yeah, I really wanted this on Switch when it came out, but it was at the time I played it, I think only on PC. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Switch seems like a perfect system for it. It's not super resource intensive, so it, it should work well on that console. And it's kind of given the. Not early on, but especially as as you get into the game, the just ridiculous amounts of exploration you're doing in there it's it's kind of you know it 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 works well for that system, just the amount of oh i've 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 got an idea finally let me, let me go check out this one other thing, and then well, I'll just go do it 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 works well for that sort of pick up and play just a bit here and there sort of a thing because that game is kind of a normal action adventure most of the way through and then you get to the end and you get to these sort of really you know much more in depth puzzle slash exploration bits where you're trying mm. to really understand the world and you may right. just you know like 75% of the gameplay is going to be you thinking about the gameplay and then finally having an idea and then going to do it um, and I think that really works well for the Switch to just be able to kind of stop it for a second. Okay, all right, I've, I've finally got an idea. Let's go check it out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be a good Switch game. Uh, it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, to Rich's delight, Front Mission Remake news. First one drops oh, yeah. this year. Number two drops next year. And number three drops at an unknown date, but sometime in the future. While this is great, can you believe that fucking footage they showed? It looked really that good. That thing was dropping frames left and right. It looked like shit. <laughs> it did, yeah, honestly. That, I mean, frankly, the original games never ran particularly well. But oh, also, come on. how, 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 I don't is, know, is this, man. Is this literally just directly running on an emulator in order for it to still not run know. that well? I don't know, but it. I really hope this is looking better by the time it's coming out. Because yeah. goddamn, do I want to play some front mission? Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. That's yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, hopefully there's some improvement made before it comes out. But I mean, frankly, some of the other emulated versions still run much better because they're liable to overclock what yeah. the what the, you know the rest of the game is running at. Which in most games causes 
issues but in front mission because it was just it just not, fixes it yeah it fixes the game it just fixes it so hopefully they come to that same conclusion and allow it yeah. to actually run the way it's supposed to by the time it releases we shall see hmm okay uh, a remake of Story of Seasons, A Wonderful Life, has been announced and is coming out in summer 2023. So that was the mm-hmm. first uh, farming simulator style game that we saw at the um, showcase, which we're about to see and hear about. The granddad more, but that of was the first farming one. sims and a good looking one. Yeah, that look, it looks solid. It looks very solid. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that holds up. At this point, I don't, I don't know how much they're going to change because, I mean, obviously they're changing quite a bit just with the art style and whatnot, the, the, you know. Looks like they're putting work in, so um, it's yeah. one I'm going to keep an eye on. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely curious. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun going that far back in a genre. Um, a lot has changed since then, yeah, so we can yeah. see what, uh, what a modern take on that would be like. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, there's news on the first Splatfest event for uh, Splatoon 3. Uh, I know that probably oh, yeah. is interesting to Josh. I think it's the 23rd through the 25th, which will be the first event. That, sound, that sounds right. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Octopath Traveler uh, is revealed to be... Excuse me. Dropping for February, uh, the second one, February 24, 2023, um, which is pretty exciting. I, it's I, great. I uh, still need to play the first one, but after playing Triangle Strat, that I really want to sit down and play that the first one. I just hope the connective yeah. tissue in the sequel is better. because Me, the- me too, because that game is one of those things where each of the individual stories is good enough but there is nothing tying them together. And like, yes, it's, it, it, it was it's the, the biggest weakness of the game. Yeah. And it was, it's frustrating too. Cause you can see spots where like, Ooh, there, there, there are, there are real open spots in each of the stories that kind of should tie it together. Like, it seems like the, you know, there's room where there should be overlap where, mm. okay. Each of these stories tie in together. And then it doesn't happen. Um, and it's just frustrating because of that. Um, I, it, I, I really I, hope they make that aspect of it. it I, I, had heard stronger. Rumor, I had heard rumors about that game's development that I, I hope they kind of go with this idea with the second one, assuming this is true. Um, that like the first one stuff got bogged down a lot by the idea that like, well, we want people to be able to go in whatever order they want and play with other characters. So there's almost no connective tissue. That at yeah. one point there were ideas, whether who knows how far along that storyboards and stuff got, where it would be like, you need to have two people level to a certain point. No, of- no, no, no. Where it would specifically be like, you know, how every character story was in Octopath One is split into like, here's the next chapter of this character story. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It would be like, okay, you need to have this character with you to access mm-hmm. this chapter in this character story. Like to get into chapter three of the Warrior yeah. story, you need to have recruited the dancer. Like. Well, yeah, no, exactly. Like, they, they needed to do that. A, they needed to do that. B, they needed to have, like, okay, you've seen chapter two and three of, you know, a certain character to go into another character's 
you know, chapter five. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, exactly. Exa- um, like things needed to be this far along in the story because this character needs to be in a certain position to interact yeah, with this aspect of the story. Exactly. And you could see, oh my God, like there, there are some spots specifically with like the, the, the scholar character. I can't remember his name right now because it's been ages, but there, frankly, that character and his whole arc of, oh, I'm, 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 I'm recording all this forgotten history that, you know, has just been overlooked because the government didn't want anyone to know about it at the time. Type. Spoiler, that guy's QAnon at the end. Well, yeah, but you could, you, he should have tied into like a good 75% of the other character's story. Oh, absolutely. And it was, then it didn't happen. It was just so easy for him to do that. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's my biggest complaint about Octopath because I think yeah. everything, one, the game is visually stunning. The combat's really great. Yeah. It just like every story felt too self-contained to the point that I'm like, why are these people even together? Yeah. 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 I, I really hope that that's addressed um, because frankly, I, I feel like they were trying to go for some of that 90s era. Pick your own party type RPG stuff where, oh, you yeah. can't even experience all of it. It's It's a matter of who you choose. But even at the time, stuff like. It, it went together in unique ways where it wasn't just a matter of who you picked as your main character, but it was like, there was much more thought put into it. And also, despite what they were telling us, we were in fact going out and experiencing all of it. Exactly. The, the point was to replay those a few times in order to kind of see the whole story. Cause a, a few of them even like, um, Oh, 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 oh fuck my, my brain. Um, the, the secret of mana three, which never came out here. Mm-hmm. It only had a Western, it only had a Japanese release, but of course, cause I'm a weirdo played a fan translation at the time. Um, the third game in that series had the same sort of thing. You could only pick three characters and there were, I think seven in the game. So it took you more than three playthroughs to even experience most of the most game. Of it, yeah. And it would still, change based off of who you had as your secondary characters in that characters in that so you could really play it like you know 40 times before you saw how everything came together sure it was it was nuts because they actually had those different stories come together in unique ways based off of who you picked whereas octopath traveler was you can pick all of them at any time it was not all the time and it just yeah it was not willing to fully commit to the strengths of that medium yeah exactly like that format for storytelling rather yeah it seemed like they wanted to modernize it by having you be able to choose whoever you wanted and not feel like you're missing out but what that ended up doing was feel like it is it's just not cohesive at all it felt like each of the eight characters in that game are their own story with fuck all to do with anything else in it and there, also these other there's people no here. single main story in the game yeah yeah exactly yeah. everything feels disparate mm. next uh announcement was uh fey farm a farm sim rpg coming out in spring of 2023 mm-hmm. for fuck farming yeah. the irish yeah we're farming the irish you got potatoes, you got fairies, you got mm-hmm. uh, dead queens. 
Fuck the monarchy. The Irish. Right on. Right on, right on. We uh, are theater all rhythm... Irish today. <laughs> <laughs> theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which is a Final Fantasy rhythm action game with over 300 songs, um, was announced, and there's a season pass that will add 90 plus more songs from other Square Enix games, such as Octopath, Saga, and so on. Oh, yeah. Near, yeah. Oh, man. Theater Rhythm games are so fucking good. This yeah, looks great. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this. Um, and again, the Switch seems like the perfect platform for this, for just a, you know, pick it up, play a song sort of a gameplay. It's, yeah. Solid. Solid. Yeah, delightful. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Mario plus Rabbits Sparks of Hope drops October 20th. It was more of kind of like a let's look at more gameplay. Let's get you guys hyped up for it. Actually, got me really hyped up. That that trailer made me really excited for it. I got excited about the DLC they're putting in it because they're finally doing the thing that I said this is what this game should have been to begin with is they're putting Rayman in it. Yeah. And I was always like, why wasn't this game Mario plus Rayman? Why Why are we... I th- I think because the rabbits are much weaker of a an IP, so they're not really overpowering the Mario aspect of it. But but now that everyone knows this whole game has legs, they're willing to put Rayman in there as well. Which fuck yeah, get me Rayman. Yeah. Which, Rayman yeah, you, Mario. You can tell up. that from the first game when they added in Donkey Kong as DLC. Yes, the Cranky Kong rabbit. Oh yeah, top tier. Excellent. Content. Excellent. So yeah, I'm still super excited for, for this. this. Yeah. So good. This is frankly outshining XCOM in XCOM tactics gameplay. It is so fucking good. It I've is always said XCOM so solid. Uh, would not succeed until it had the courage to add Luigi. It's true. Indeed, indeed. Uh, there's the announcement of more N64 games coming to their online subscription service, such as Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2. I was very hyped to see that. And uh, yeah. there are a few others, but the one that, of course, everybody was very excited for, GoldenEye is coming to the service, and it will be um, with online play as well. And then uh, Microsoft came right out and shit in Nintendo Serial by saying that actually Game Pass is getting a remaster of GoldenEye. <laughs> right? Yep. I mean, yes, but also, I, I mean, this is kind of a remaster of GoldenEye. We'll see how it actually plays, but... Frankly, there's no way they could release it as it stands without any tweaks because GoldenEye is another one of those games that fucking chugged on the actual N64. So if they just released a straightforward emulation of it, people yeah, we'll would... Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see what we actually get. But obviously, the online support is already a huge amount of work they're putting into it for it to yeah. even work. So we'll see how it shakes out. So, yeah. I'm excited about that. Hmm. That's true. That's true. Um, various day life, probably the worst named thing out of both of the, uh, directs old is a game, new RPG. News. No, it isn't. What? It's not a new RPG. It's an old game. I was, I was sorry. I didn't have it up at the screen. I <laughs> had it in air quotes. Sorry, I was doing it by my chest. Oh. Uh, A quote-unquote new RPG dropped at the time of the Direct, so it is currently out as of now. Rich, you know some about it. Can you tell me about it? 
Uh, no, I never played it. Me neither. Me neither. You're right, it, it is not Apple new, Arcade. but new to Switch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Which is, which is cool, I guess, for those of you who want to play that. It's something um, to check out. Yeah. For somebody. Uh, Factorio drops on the Switch October 28th. I have no idea what this is. Do you know what it is? I, yeah, I would never want to play Factorio on the Switch. I would never want to play Factorio on a console. That's insane. Um, like these factory what is Factorio? Ma- uh, Factorio is a factory management game. Uh, there's a lot of... It's a system building, engine building game. Um, it's an immersive, it's a, it's a, a factory sim, but like, it's satisfactory, Factorio, if you know what these games are, you know they're for you. Um, I enjoy them, I could not imagine playing these games on a console, I think the main, the mere prospect is insane, these are mouse and keyboard games. Yeah, I, like, I remember trying to play, like, one of the Middle Earth RTSs on a console, and it was a fucking nightmare, so I don't, yeah. Anything that requires like a a ton of uh, management doesn't yeah. seem like a good. They're ma- they're management sims. It's it's in it's yeah. the idea is insane. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a good time to play on a console. Like I'm never gonna completely shit on it because getting games into more people's hands is always a good idea. But like if you have the option and you're like I'm gonna play this on Switch, I think you're fucking insane. Fair point. Fair point. Um. Ib, which is a game set in an art gallery, is going to be dropping in spring of 2023. Yeah, kind of a unique look there. It does look kind of unique, for sure. Excuse me. Um, Next, uh, Rich, you'll be delighted for this news, even though you already know it. Mario Strikers gets an update with Diddy Kong and Rosalina being added to the game. No, Diddy Kong and Pauline. Sorry, I I wrote that wrong. Thank you. I apologize. Thank you. I mixed us two up. Yeah, Pauline. Thank you. Are you it's pretty all right. excited? All white girls look the same. It's true they do. Um, <laughs> if they all have a white claw in their hand. Uh, yeah. I I I enjoyed Strikers. I'm interested to get back in, try out some new characters. I'll 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 gladly uh give that a swing, or a kick. Mm, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Footy. Footy. You're going to play some footy. Anyways, uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Wave 3 of DLC drops this holiday season with uh, yeah, the slight announcement that the uh, DS Peach Gardens map is going to be added to the game. That it's was a banger, of course. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of the highlights of um, the announcement, for sure. So, uh... There's that. Nintendo Switch Sports is getting golf in the winter, and it can be played locally or with eight people online. We already knew this was coming. The, the The announcement is just that it was delayed, so super exciting there. Right. Yeah, they were just reiterating that... Um, it, was, it was supposed to come out in October. Right. Seems well, strange that, and considering also, golf is played the, in a foursome. Two foursomes, baby. Hmm. Golf is played with as many people as pick up the phone when I call. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Yeah, but cool cool little updates there. Uh, There was a quote-unquote small update on the Mario movie to just reiterate that it exists to us. It's a shame. Damn shame. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. 
Although uh, his name is Chris I am, Pratt. I am by looking the way. forward to the current Mario movie being renamed, you know, the good Mario movie. It's, That'll be a weird day. Yeah. True. Dinosaur City. Dino Hatton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um I'm gonna kill that. There part. was a there's another small plug for uh Pikmin Bloom. I know you like it, Rich, but like the 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 plug slash reiterating that it exists was a little bit odd. But yeah, fuck you. Thank you. Uh, and that preceded the actual big announcement that Pikmin Four um, is being made and is dropping in 2023. It's got a hot oh, new yeah. perspective. I'm really excited for that game. I, I really I need am to back too. Pikmin. Pikmin 3 was great and had Pikmin the unfortunate, right unfortunate to is. be released on the Wii U. You know. But you can get it on the Switch now and it's currently on sale. Mm-hmm. It is. It is on sale for, I think, 33% off. Yeah, it's like $41.99 right now. Something yeah. like that, yeah. Absolutely. But, um, yeah, so... Excited for that. Just Dance 2023 uh, is announced to be dropping November 2022. So here very soon. Okay. For those of you who like to boogie. For those of you who like to boogie. Yeah, we heard Yeah, you. repeating it didn't help. For those <laughs> of you who like to boogie. <laughs> There we go. That's the laugh I wanted the first time. All right, now I can move on. Harv- use uh, use use the first take, but use. Josh we had to move on, on at some point. They'll, they'll you know. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it. Uh, Harvestella, which is a blend of Final Fantasy and Stardew Valley, is dropping on November fourth. Oh yeah, that one looks solid. Yeah, as well. that looks great. There's a demo out. Yes. Oh, yes. there is. Okay. Yes, there's. I have not played it yet, but there is a demo available now. Hmm. Also, have not gotten yeah, to that. Looks... There's been so much dropping, like literally every two days currently. That is, I've not gotten to that demo. I, I'm probably not gonna have time before the game comes out. Hmm. Yeah, it's. Who knows though? Who knows? Maybe you will. Maybe you'll get bored. Maybe we'll 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 see. I there mean... was some more uh, Bay th- uh, Bayonetta three news. Uh, a deeper look at it. They they revealed that there are going to be some additional characters in there talked about that a little bit yeah yeah showed off some of the new enemies and whatnot looked promising Mm. yeah i mean i think it's like kind of akin to like the god of war ragnarok trailer which we'll talk about a little bit later you'll know if you want to play it already by this point but i'm sure that solidified it even more for some other people excuse me um Master Detective Archives Raincode um, is coming out from the creators of Danganronpa. That game looks pretty neat. Yeah, it's got some shit going on. Name. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, yeah, it has a serious case of of light novel titleitis. Yeah. Hmm. Record of Lodos War. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yep. Um, 
There are a few more announcements. There are kind of smaller announcements, and then there obviously is one or two big announcements at the end. Resident Evil Village Cloud Edition is being dropped on October 28th, with the Winter's Expansion being dropped on December 2nd, which is cool there. Um, Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 remakes will get Cloud Editions, and that will be dropped later this year as well for the Switch. Um, Sifu drops on the Switch on November 8th, which is cool. Cool, cool. cool. Crisis that Core game, that is game... dropped. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. That's one of those games that they're doing an awful lot of cool stuff with the post-processing and, you know, graphical effects, but the art style could really lend itself to being much, much lower resolution texture maps and running on a Switch pretty solidly, I think, given, mm -hmm. you know, the, the general sort of painterly art style they're going for. Mm. I, I think that one can actually work really well and still hit 60 frames on the switch yeah Just, you know, it's, it's... With, with a few trade-offs obviously you're not going to get quite the it's not going to be identical but i think you can you can get a good 90 percent of the way there on the switch so, mm, sure. i think that yeah. i think that'll be translated well as long as they put the effort into doing it hopefully hopefully compared uh, to Core... all those cloud versions of resident evil we just talked about touche yeah. Crisis Core is dropping on December 13th. Just iterating that. Radiant Silver Gun, which is a shmup uh, released in arcades and on the Sega Saturn in 1998, dropped uh, the day oh, of the yeah. showcase. Yep. Oh, yeah. Love me a good shmup. That is one genre of game I've never been able to get into. Yeah. That's the whole reason I bought Demon Throttle which I talked about and was not a huge fan of last time because I do like a good shmup and, and figured I'd go ahead and put money down on that way ahead of time before knowing if it was any good or not because I, mm. I like me a shmup. Yeah, I mean, it's a particular genre and I'm glad some people... I mean, it seems like it is a niche genre, but there are constantly games being dropped or the, the older games constantly get a lot of love. So Yeah. It's a yeah. very passionate fan base. I'm I've I've not looked into this more, but there's there's a there's hardware you can get to actually rotate your switch and then still have it connected with yes, the, the Joy-Cons on. Um and frankly, if you're making a shmup, it needs to support said hardware. Um because then you get the full real estate of the screen instead of just, you know, a drastically letterboxed inset. Of the Flip screen. grip for life. It's the best way to play uh, yep. Donkey Kong on the Switch. Yep. Yeah. Love a love a good flip grip. That's 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 that's. Yeah. That 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 needs to be a selling point whenever they announce a shmup on the Switch is that it supports that. <laughs> Damn right. Fuck Damn right. <laughs> My bad. Uh, Endless Dungeon is coming to the Switch next year. Um, okay. Which is kind of cool. Kind of exciting. Rich, you played that when it dropped, right? No. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought you did. Okay. Uh, Tales of Symphonia Remastered is coming to the Switch early 2023. 
I was pretty excited for that until I saw that it's going to be $40, and I'm a little less excited for that, to be honest with you. I think 40 is a bit of a steep price, considering that there are many ways to get a hold of that game. But um, still mildly excited for it. For sure. Yeah, yeah, 40 is a little steep. I think so. Uh, Lego Brick Tales, which is a Lego puzzle game, is dropping sometime this fall. Um, I didn't see a f- definitive date on that, but might be. But looks kind of interesting. Fall Guys Season 2 is dropping today, actually, uh, for those of you who still play that game. That's one of those games that was extremely solid when I played it, but I've not kept up with it. Not because of anything on the game's merits, just because I've got too much to play to really keep up with it. In the UK, right. they call it Tumble Lads. Oh, dear God. I mean, they would, but, I mean, it's currently out of service because of, you know, a period of mourning. You want to drop on the Discord, play a match of Tumble Lads? I think that's what she want, uh, Inus. She's currently tumbling herself. Down, down, down. Into perdition. Perpetuity. Going down, down, in an early around. <laughs> down, down. Going down, down. <laughs> down, down. Uh, Curvy's Return to Dreamland Deluxe. Four-player co-op. Bunch of smaller games included. Is dropping February 23rd, 2023. That's a good Kirby game. I like they're re-releasing a bunch of Kirby stuff because the last Kirby game did well, which, yeah. Kirby's cool. Yeah. And it's, uh, what is it, the 25th or 30th anniversary as well for Kirby? 30th anniversary. Uh, Yeah, 30th. Earlier this year, yeah. Yeah, Around the time we put out the, we did a Kirby chomping at the bits that Mm -hmm. month. And then the last announcement was the one that everybody was waiting for. Um, it was the new Nintendo Labo Fleshlight, which is going to be dropping. I'm just kidding. Hit me um, with that cardboard ussy. Yeah. <laughs> a card ussy. Cussy. Card ussy, yeah. Cussy. <laughs> Give me that cussy. Uh, Miyamoto Nintendo came out. Labo he's, he's like, cussy. yo, show me that card ussy. <laughs> that labussy. <laughs> La bussy, la bussy. There we go. We got uh, it. Uh, anyways, Labo Legend Wussy. of Zelda: Tears of the Kingdom, which is uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, oh, is yeah. going to be dropping on May twelfth, twenty twenty three. They showed off a lot more or some footage of it. Looks phenomenal. I am so ready for that game. So, what do you guys mm-hmm. think? Is is that title why this didn't air in the UK? Yeah, that's got to be right. Right. I mean, I mean, frankly, they probably would have been honored to have it announced, but then also they would have lost 120% of sales in Ireland. That, yeah, that's true. They didn't Had they insinuated anyone. anyone would give a shit about re- a dead monarch. They really did it for her, bruv. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love Brav. People would have fucking returned Breath of the Wild yeah. with that announcement in Ireland. So, yep. But no, I'm super excited for the game. It looks gorgeous. I love um, 
the Sky City aspect of it. So excited. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. All about Looks that Laputa. That's what we say. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm that's... sorry. I had to put that emphasis on it, even though it's specifically <laughs> not Japanese accent on it. Sorry. I'm not going to go. I'm it's... not going to explain yeah, that joke. Yeah, let's just move on. No, I'm not going to explain that joke. If you got it, you got it. Yeah. Yep. If you don't. Yeah. No, that's, that, that's, that's, a, that's a joke for my trilingual audience here. Mm. Mm-hmm. There you go. And on that note, we're going to go on a quick break before we break down the uh, much shorter PlayStation State of Play. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back as I go fuck my Labussy. Labussy! This Sunday, Sunday at the Four Seasons Total Landscaping Arena. Sunday, Monster Truck Rally. That's right. There are going to be lots of bitches, lots of big tough guys. Sunday, yours truly down there at the Monster Truck Rally. And we're going to be wearing Chomp Gear. Store.swordshop.com. Store. You can buy lots of nice gear and t shirts, so when you fuck your bitch in the bleachers, you have something to look at. Raw dogging it. Oh, baby. No condoms, because we don't sell those yet. That's right, and if you look up at your sword chomp clock, you'll know how fast you came inside of her. <laughs> C-U-M. That's right. Here, let me tell you about my friend Dale. He's going to tell you more about the store.swordchomp.com. Dale, take it over. I tell you, I went on over to store.swordchomp.com, got myself a t-shirt, got myself a hat, got myself something for my dog. It's a good deal. That's right, Dale. That's right. So if you're interested in repping your favorite podcast while watching a bunch of trucks slamming into each other, head over to store.swordchomp.com. Store.swordchomp.com this Sunday, 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 Sunday. I like titties. And we're coming back, back in a later back, back, segment. Back, back, back. <laughs> all right we're back guys uh we're gonna talk about the playstation Boy, state bro. of play now which is a much shorter affair um and what i was thinking about doing is after we talk about this i didn't mention this to the guys before so i'm mentioning it now we'll just kind of talk about the overall um announcement like the list the collection of announcements just the whole direct of each uh, studio, and we'll kind of just give our yeah, final thoughts yeah. on it. Sounds good, bro. It'd be really good to, to hit that on the whole. Preparation H feels great <laughs> on the whole. God damn it. Uh, first announcement was uh, Tekken 8, which was uh, uh, basically a half gameplay trailer, half cinematic trailer, interweaving the two. It looks gorgeous, it looks nice. Um, Kind of got me hyped about Tekken again. I haven't really played much Tekken uh, since my younger years. I played six Tekken six a little bit. Um, before that, it was Tekken three mainly. So watching Tekken eight, uh, the footage, I was like, man, I, I kind of miss this game. I kind of want to jump back in and play it at some point. So I might check out Tekken eight when it drops. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Did you guys oh, get yeah. hyped or you're not so big on Tekken? I like seven. I uh, so yeah, I'm. I'm... It looks good. It looks good, man. It looks like more Tekken. Cool. 
I've already mentioned this a few times in the past. I'm not a huge 3D fighting game fan. True. Yeah, yeah. you have mentioned that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, like a dragon. Looks solid, but just, just not my, my deal. Fair. Fair. Like a dragon, the Ishin remake is dropping in the West for the first time ever. I know my boy Rich was hyped for that. Dude, I'm so excited. Oh my god, I've been... Oh yeah. Oh, the, I was this we... the best announcement for you out of both conferences? I think so. This is like top tier for me. Uh, also, what this spiraled into, because, you know, from there we got the announcement of... Later on, we got the announcement of uh, Yakuza 8. And that it's not called Yakuza 8, because we're full-on swinging. It's like a dragon in the US now, too. Um, they are ditching the Yakuza title altogether, it seems. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, for anyone not familiar, the Like a Dragon Ishin is a Yakuza spinoff uh, that uses the same characters and tells a story in ancient Japan, mm-hmm. uh, where Kiryu and Majima are naturally samurai rather than Yakuza. Um, and it look, I'm just it's because it's from, political commentary, commentary. Um, but yeah, it looks fucking great. This is one of, we got Yakuza Dead Souls, which was the zombie spinoff. Uh, but we never got these ones because at the time they didn't think they would do well in the U.S. But it seems like Sega is all in on this franchise in the U.S. so far, even that they, at the eighth installment, are willing to be like, no, fuck it, universally change the title like a dragon across yeah. the board. Um, I'm not sure that's the right call, but it makes sense. Yeah, I get I get why they're doing it, and I also think there was probably some sort of push interior-wise to maybe not have a game franchise where they're glorifying the Yakuza in such a way that they're flat-out calling the series Yakuza. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that might be part of it. I, I know that's definitely part of why that was never the title in Japan to begin with. Yeah. Yeah, it makes sense. It's hard talking about those games here in Japan, to be honest with you, because... You don't want to be dropping just talking that about that in eye. public. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, exactly. It'll be good that I can refer to it as something else. And this is my mine is such a like random unique case, but Well, know. to be fair, it was always called that there. Yeah. No, for sure, but like if I'm talking to other foreigners about the game, we're not calling it like a dragon, we're calling it Yeah, Yuxa. yeah, of course. So, of course, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um God of War Ragnarok, there was a lot more footage shown off, and there was a, an announcement with it saying that there's going to be a God of War Ragnarok PS5 Dual Sense controller coming out. It's a limited edition controller. Um, it's an ugly looking controller. I, I'm sorry. Not, Re- regardless best, of what the worst. The, it, it, it's, it's, I think it's fine. The design elements of it look fine. The colors they picked for it literally looked like someone googled blue and someone googled gray and they just want the first thing that came up for well, that's what each happened. of them. What did you want them to like, do? Like, they don't go together, they're not great examples of said colors on their own merits. No, no, It's, I think it's an fine. ugly controller. Like, they, they could have done fine. a better job making those two colors work together significantly better. It looks it it's it's just it's a gaudy looking thing with just this atrocious royal blue looking mess. It's more of a purple, uh, really. I don't I don't agree with that. I think it looks fine. Okay, okay. It's not terrible. Like they, I mean, they, it was 
it's you know if they're going for a Nordic thing, they could have gone for a much more ice-looking blue and and a gray that just actually matches it. It just it it I don't know. That's fine. I'm That's I'm particular fair. with that sort of thing, and I'm not. Mm-hmm. Understandable, but uh, the some of the stuff that they showed off, it seems like the environments are going to be a little bit more varied as compared to the first game, and it looks. Looks like there's going to be a little bit more enemy variability, which is also a good thing. The first game, frankly, was had a needed. lot of samey enemies. Yeah, so. that was maybe the biggest weakness of the original. Yeah, frankly, um, that game started hitting reskins way too soon, just like with color variations and stronger, stronger versions of the same enemies. Faux show. Yeah. Well, hopefully this one. Which seems like it, I mean, off of what they've shown off, looks like it's going to be a much better, uh, more cognizant of that and have more variability, but we'll see. Remains to be seen. Um, Star Wars Tales from the Galaxy's Edge Enhanced Edition was announced for the PSVR 2, which looks like a quirky little Star Wars game. Looks like fun. I played that game on Oculus. It's a pretty fun showpiece for what VR stuff can do falling on that like theme parky end of VR yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. looks fun in that way. Demio was, uh, is a brand new cross platform co-op adventure game inspired by table inspired by tabletop gaming is also being dropped for the PS VR too. Um, it looks something in the vein of like Diablo or Torchlight, something kind of similar to that. In it's, some ways. it's not, quite that um i know a bunch like, of people have gotten really into it. it it's it's really more varying of like actually playing a tabletop like dungeon crawler that's, that's what i was gonna say it has a lot more tabletop sensibilities from what i was seeing and reading as well i mean it's more in-depth mm. than those games but it has the four-player co-op style of one of those types of games like um diablo or torchlight just sure for, just you know, just from surface level, but it definitely goes deeper. So that looks kind of cool. Um, good pickup for the PSVR too. <laughs> um, just for for the sake of you know, announcing every or talking about everything that was announced, even though I personally don't want to talk about this for um, obvious reasons. The Hogwarts Legacy game is getting a PS exclusive quest. Cool. Who gives a shit? Let's move on. Uh, Pacific uh, Drive. Sorry, uh, let, let's not move on. Okay. A, fuck that game, and anyone you know who's fine with that, you know, shitting turf, getting money from it. But then also on top of that, a console exclusive. We're done with console exclusive. Yeah, I thought shit. we were past fucking, that sort of shit. Fucking stop with console exclusive content. Like, regardless of the game it's in. Fuck that shit. We're all done with this. Like, yeah. let us play the game on whatever console we want to. Stop doing this. Re- regardless of the fucking just skag you're giving money to by buying this game, fuck oh, this yeah. garbage. Nah, that's a different conversation, but at this point, I just feel bad for people and kind of wish that she would just, like, sell the rights to that outright. Yeah. So people who really enjoy that franchise can just feel fine about enjoying it. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a conversation for another day, but I, I mostly agree with you guys. Leave yeah. it at that. 
Uh, Pacific Drive, which is the debut game from Ironwood oh, yeah. Studio, which is about driving driving on a route that slowly descends into hell-like conditions, was announced. Looks very it's intriguing. Road light. That it's it's. I like that. It it is That's a horror driving it. game, and yeah. it that that was. This is the best looking thing at the at the showcase. It, this is the, the most innovative looking thing. It I'm looks excited. fucking amazing. To to just be driving through a horror game, that yeah. that's why it's has no one done this cool. yet? That's it's so cool. I th- I think the closest that they've gotten to it is uh, I remember on the PSVR they had that uh, they had that horror game where it was basically you shooting things and you were oh, sitting yeah, on like, a yeah, yeah. roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, but, similar idea, but this one you're like where it's actually more. It's more focused. I mean, obviously, with driving period. It's focused on where you're going, but like driving in a horror setting. It's perfect. It's perfect for that. That's really cool. Yeah, so, it's a great I'm, idea. I'm really excited about Pacific Drive. That is that is that was the highlight of the showcase for me personally. Hmm. It looks good. It definitely looks intriguing. It's one of those things that I was not expecting to. Um, yeah, that came out of left field. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It looks good. It looks interesting. So I'm excited to see more on it. Me too. Uh, the most... The, let me hold my thoughts. The PlayStation Stars okay. um, was explained in this conference what it is. Basically, it's a reward program that if you complete certain challenges and stuff that you get rewarded with digital... Yeah, uh, swag you get, that you get you a can free show off to your friends. You get a you get a free sub after after every, you know, six seventy dollar games you buy. It's gonna be great. I gotta be honest with you guys. I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever fucking heard. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, it's incredible. Um, thank stupid. you. I'm glad it wasn't just me. Cause yeah, it's incredibly stupid. I thought we were past <sighs> bullshit like this. Yeah. Well, the the way it was marketed too is like. Yeah, you can get all this stuff like this and this, and you can show it off to your friends. It's like here's if, a picture like, of a monkey. Here, I'm gonna this, be honest. This with sounds you guys. like at one point this it was, was gonna the be their thing. push into NFTs, yeah. and then they realized, oh shit, we can't do NFTs anymore, think, and they still have this fucking game. I system. think you're one hundred percent correct. This was gonna be a blockchain thing. Yeah, no, no, I I'm, I am sure. But of they that. spent too much to not launch it at all. Yeah. Because it seems that fucking dumb that this had to be related to the blockchain at some point. I'm going to be honest with you guys. If one of you two called me out of the blue, (laughs) if one of you two called me out of the blue and said, yo, I got to show this off to you. And like you, you sent me a picture. You're like, that's your dick. I would be very happy that you're excited. I'd be happy for you. Uh, Awesome. I would never, ever trust one of your your other friends later again. Yeah, I would block you. I would block your I phone number. I would sell my stake in the company. <laughs> I I wouldn't go that far. I still love you I'd, guys. But... I'd tell you you're an idiot. I mean, I, I would no want to do that, but also... Of, I would have no qualms of being like, this is the stupidest bullshit ever, and you're an idiot. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm actually curious. I hope to find out at some point in the future that this was at some point related to some, some blockchain bullshit oh, or Oh, I other. think it had to have been. At, at conceptually at some stage. Yeah. 
for sure. For sure. I'm I'm glad uh, that they're smart enough to have cut their losses before that point because a lot of other companies haven't yet. Yeah. But looking at you, Square. Yeah, it's it's still fucking dumb. Hmm. Yep. Hundred percent. Uh Sin Duality 100. announcement. It is a uh third person shooter mech game from Band Bandai Namco. Uh was announced. Yeah. Oh, the health club people? Yes. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know they made uh, I'm not big into the mech games. It's cool to like go to an arcade here. I'll tell you guys that. It's really cool to go to an arcade and see all the different types of arcade uh games you can play that are centered around these games. Before yeah. uh before the world descended into madness with COVID, actually there's this one that was like a pod capsule kind of thing. You go in there and you're holding the sticks and you're like shooting shit. That's fun. That is the best way to experience those types oh, of yeah. games. Yeah. But just arcade playing them cabinets, on your TV. Yeah. Yeah. Arcade cabinets where they can go all in on, you know, custom that, interface. The custom is the interface way to that do level this. of immersion. Yeah. yeah it's, it's, it's fucking cool. Yeah. I'm, as far as how it's going to play on a PlayStation, eh, whatever. Like, it's, there, there are a see. bunch of, you know, mid mech games. And I'm kind of like not getting a lot of. You know, feelings that this is gonna, you know, be the one, yeah, rise to the top. But nope. yeah, exactly I I think not. this is less for us and more for Japan. If I'm being sure. honest. Yeah, yeah. That's how I saw it. Um, Stellar Blade debuted last year as Project Eve. Mm-hmm. Um, it gets the official name, and it is also launching in 2023. Yep, which looks pretty cool. I mean, it. I have no idea what the gameplay is going to be like. It looks horny enough that I'll be interested in it. And that's, sure. you know, that was the selling point last year. It's the selling point this year. Horny hmm. game with guns. Okay. Horny game with guns, indeed. And then the last announcement that we're going to talk about today is um, Rise of the Ronin. A Team Ninja joint and a PS5 exclusive is dropping in 2024. Tell that bitch to get out of there, Rich. No, that was concerning. (laughs) Wait, what did I do? I didn't do anything. I don't know. Some electronic in Rich's room decided to start talking to him. Because these things auto-connect to my phone. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. I thought I did something. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but anyways, yeah, Rise of the Ronin, dropping 2024. Kind of kind of a puzzling announcement for now, considering they didn't really show much off and it's not even coming out until 2024. Yeah, but, 2024 at this point seems like it's not a real year. Why? What why are why are you showing this now? I mean, I I I guess there's not been anything really coming out of that developer for a little while now so just to kind of say hey we're working on something is neat enough but this doesn't seem like the place to do it that that, that seems like a twitter announcement to me mm. yeah yeah it was confusing but you know what i guess um somebody's out there's excited like got them super jazzed it looks like a cool game i will say that um, looks like Neo ver- Neo mixed with uh, Elden Ring, but yeah, with the announcement of being 2024 and 
there's a little bit shown off. I'm not too excited yet because there's always a chance it's delayed as yeah. these things happen. So, I mean, I want to I want to temper my excitement at this point. Yeah, I know you're more of a Neo fan than I am, but also I'm not a big Elden Ring fan as far as the rest of the Souls series is concerned. So them deciding, oh, hey, Elden Ring was huge and going immediately to we need an open world game now doesn't give me a lot of confidence in where they're going in this. It's, it's, it really seems like we're just going to continue to copy the Souls series as far as sure. any ideas we have for what this IP should be on our mm. own terms. It, it really seems like we're just going to copy Souls and it doesn't matter beyond that. Agreed, a winning formula. Yeah. Eh, we'll see. It's so far. We're so far. It, yeah, it's, it's a long fucking way from it. now. There, there's, there's definitely, there's, there's enough time for me to change my mind on this, given how far it is from release. Agreed. Hmm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, but that was the last big announcement at the uh, PlayStation state of play so now before um we talk about the games that we played i wanted us to kind of talk about our final thoughts on each showcase and if we want we could say we could rate it or talk about which one we thought was stronger or we could just say just sum up our thoughts on it in general it doesn't really matter um i'll go first and knock mine out of the way really quickly i thought the nintendo showcase was pretty strong uh, there were a lot of things that I was really excited for. I'm really hyped for the new Fire Emblem. That was probably one of my favorite announcements. Uh, some of the smaller stuff that is coming to the Switch, like Tunic or, um, you know, Sifu, some of those other small things, which was really yeah. cool to see. Uh, Octopath Traveler 2 being announced. I was hyped for that one because I want to play the first one after enjoying yeah. Triangle Strat so much. I have hopes for that. I have hopes. I, I really hope they kind of fix some of the shortcomings of the first game we shall see with octopath too yeah. fingers crossed on that um Fingies. i really in- enjoyed the pikmin 4 announcement got me hyped to play another pikmin game again so i need oh, to get yeah. back into pikmin uh the tales of symphonia remastered excited me at first you know i'm not going to talk about the price point because that wasn't a factor when i was watching the conference yeah. Uh, the Kirby stuff is cool, and of course, obviously, the Tears of the Kingdom, the new Legend of Zelda game. Oh yeah, it was a really strong showcase. Oh, to me, was... that was the sh- stronger, more interesting showcase for me, despite all of the uh, farm sims being announced. Yeah, uh, I know a lot of people were kind of making memes of that, but also, farm sims are good. You fucking losers. Yeah, yeah, like it's kind of weird because I was one of the old school fans of you know that genre even though they were janky as hell back in the day still um, fun still fun still fun but it, it's really been fun to see that genre kind of take off and get a life of its own and have people mm. love it even more than i ever did um with you know all the fans of the stardew valley likes that have kind of come out since then um yeah and i i understand that people are not going to be not everybody's going to be into that genre. So that, that it makes sense that people have kind of been memeing about that. But also, that wasn't all they showed there. And, you know, 
stop pretending it was, because there was a lot of other stuff shown at that showcase. Yeah, I think it's just like a difference in culture, really, because you look at the Nintendo showcase, there were there were a lot of cute, feel-good games. There are also some, you know, more intense, quote-unquote intense games, like an Octopath Traveler yep. or Tears of the Kingdom, things like that. Where you look is where you look at Sony's, and that's a lot more like about the 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 scale and the breadth of these games and the fidelity and stuff like that, which is not a bad yeah. thing at all. I'm not talking bad about either one of those because the PlayStation State of Play had me excited too. Like Tekken 8 looks cool. The, like a Dragon Ishin remake looks awesome. God of War looks awesome. Um, yep. Pacific Drive was really cool to see. Rise of Ronin, what little they showed of it got me a little bit hyped for it. There, there were a lot of cool things game. that they showed off, but they're two totally... Yeah, I think different yeah. styles yeah and i think they were right to show off some of the games coming to their psvr too because frankly they, they they've not shown any of the specs that that you know new hardware is supposed to have yet but i think that doesn't matter if you don't have new games coming to it and this was the oh, right y- call your hardware doesn't mean shit if you can't yeah 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 get yeah. software on there um and so this is the right idea. I frankly, I don't feel like this is strong enough to sell it yet, but I think when they finally announce those specs and the price point and everything, they're going to have to have like a, a dedicated. I feel like the big things they need showcase. to have like, yeah, they're going to need a dedicated showcase. And honestly, the, the things that will sell their headset are if they can come to the table with like Half-Life Alex. Exactly. Exactly. And... That would be. The biggest fucking get if they could get Half Life Alex on the PSVR two. Like that's the one Half Life that that the Oculus version of Resident Evil four. Like there's mm-hmm. a number of things they could get that would be like the okay yeah. this is now a a competing headset. Yes, but I, I I think I think that was kind of I mean granted there's other big games they put here like you know God of War but I think as far as maintaining interest in their new hardware this was kind of at least to me that felt like kind of Okay, we're we're here here's a thing here and there. We we've got stuff coming out for this new PSVR2 headset. It it kind of felt like that was strategy-wise the purpose of this thing? Sure. Um I don't know if other people would kind of get that coming out of it, but I I I felt that coming out of this was like, "Oh, hey, don't don't forget we are making We're a doing new, that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that I which that, is what you want. You want to keep mm-hmm. people reminded of, oh, right, like, yeah, that's coming. Yeah, because if they have one big showcase later on, which I think they need, if that's all they have, and it's going to be easy to overlook if there's not, you know, kind of a long-term, you know, sort of... Um, It it takes a while to convince yourself to put money down on something like this, and uh, if they don't have you thinking about it for some amount of time before you make that decision, it it's not going to really convert a lot of sales. Sure. Hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, but that's my take on the two. Um, I really enjoyed both of them. I thought they had some really strong moments. I had. I thought they had some really laughable moments, uh, namely the PlayStation Stars. Um, Some of the naming conventions for the Nintendo games. But other than that, I thought they were both good, um, exciting showcases. Rich, what did you think? 
Uh, I mean, mostly the same. I both pretty good showcases. You know, Nintendo had its outliers. Uh, I think fucking Harvestella looks great. Pikmin 4, Fire Emblem, these are all bangers. Uh, Sony will always have my heart for getting that uh, Yakuza announcement with Like a Dragon Ishin. Yeah. Uh, Pacific Drive looks great. I, I don't think any, like you were kind of talking about, like, in terms of variety they were showing was kind of all over the place, but uh, both had really yeah. some really good shit in store. I think that's a good thing because I remember for a long time there, you only ever really saw the mass market type games at these showcases. And both of these But now all these smaller devs get a platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Both of great. these showcases felt like they were really just kind of hitting the, the full breadth of gaming at the moment with, with a lot of these I don't think these, these showcases releases. exist without these smaller games anymore because like we got like two or three big things to announce but also like here's a bunch of uh, small projects from these little devs coming to our platform and that's cool. Yeah. I, I was hoping you'd expand a little bit more on your thoughts regarding the, <laughs> the showcases. Uh, in regards to what? <laughs> I don't know. I thought you were talking about some of the things you really... You did talk about a few of the things you really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean, those yeah. those are the big ones for me. Uh, okay. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Did you think, like, one was stronger than the other for you, or did you enjoy one more than the other? Or were there any head-scratching moments? Not particular. I mean, that fucking stars thing is a head-scratching moment, but that's more for humanity yeah. than anything else. <laughs> Um, I mean, if I had to pick a winner, I guess it's Nintendo because that didn't happen at their conference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's that. I mean, frankly, just giving a date for Breath of the Wild 2 is just a... Yeah. It's hard not to have that be a... A win. A bit. Yeah, exactly. Everyone's been talking about, I guess oh, hey, there's a date for that game now. The slight huge. Nintendo disappointment was that it didn't pan out all those rumors that we were going to get Wind Waker on Switch at this conference. Yeah, the, the rumors going into this were it, it's it's the Metroid and Zelda conference. So we were yeah, thinking, hey, we're getting, we're getting all these Zelda remakes. We're getting the Prime remakes. And that didn't pan out. But also, it's not to say they're not coming, but also... The conference was solid enough on its own merits that without those, it's fine. So, agreed. Absolutely yeah. agreed. Yeah. Um, Josh, round it up. What did you think about these two showcases? What were your, the things you liked? The things that were head scratching? What did you think overall? Um, I mean, again, kind of like I said before, Pacific Drive is such a cool concept that that that's that's a standout from both conferences as far as I'm concerned because that's just I I mean you, you you guys probably know this from me not just you but listeners as well I am super into games that are willing to take a risk on something just out there as far as a concept goes and a horror driving game is it as far as I'm concerned that that is something I didn't have remotely as an idea of what a game could be heading into both of these conferences and coming out of it. It's kind of all I can think about. Like what, how, how has no one thought about something like this until now? And I am really excited to see where it goes from here. Um, is like, 
I, I don't really like doing the which conference one thing because that's kind of one of the most tired E3 things we do constantly, but it's kind of been the the talk of this coming out of it. Like you always see the fanboys whinging about how, you know, their daddy won. Father? Um, coming out of this, which is frankly still insufferable even now, but I mean, as far as just sheer volume goes, I I, th- I think there was more I was interested in coming out of the Nintendo one, just by number of titles that I, you know, I'm gonna probably end up following and or buying when they come out, based off of what I saw here, um, which frankly squares with what I've seen coming out of the Switch, like. I have bought so many fucking games on the Switch compared to my other consoles. Like, this is this is one of those things that doesn't get talked about a lot. Like, it, it used to, because the PS2 was just a powerhouse of, this game has 800 solid games on it. Um, sort of a situation, whereas every other console since then... We don't want to get into this because there are three good games on each console after the, after the PS2. And so no one wants to really bring up whether or not a life cycle of a console has been worth it as a purchase. Mm. Uh, but the Nintendo Switch has kind of been punching in in the PS2 numbers as far as good games on the system. Um, and this showcase is kind of still showing that, that there is still For sure. just a an abundance of solid games to buy on this console. Um, the showcase kind of still seems to be showing that like it, it is it is the system to buy of this generation yeah yeah sorry about that um, I yeah I think the Switch is one of the strongest consoles that we've ever seen just in terms of the sheer amount of yeah. stuff that you can play on it granted Absolutely. a lot of the games that you can play on it are on other systems and whatnot but having it all there in one place having it portable having it able to be connected to the tv it's a great it came with two controllers right off the bat you know so you and a friend can play immediately granted those controllers are a little bit more expensive yes some of them have joy con drift things of that nature it's not a perfect console but i definitely think it is one of the stronger if not one of the strongest consoles ever released yeah, yeah, no, joy, like, joy. Like, like I said, it's, it is one of the only consoles I would put up against the PS2. And to be fair, Joy-Con Drift is my favorite Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> it's about You're family. You're sitting on that one, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And that family pan- plan is significantly cheaper if you, you know, share that Nintendo account with friends. Share it with Han and the rest yeah. of the gang. Yep. That's true. Oh. That's true. Huh. All right. Well, cool. I was pleased with both of those conferences. I'm glad Sweet you guys, boy. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it too. Uh, let's go Rest on break. Rest in power, King. Yeah. Let's go on break, and we'll come back and we'll talk about all the games we've been playing. So stick around. You know, Shay, Josh. When I listen to the Chomp Cast, I don't just listen to the Chomp Cast. I'll what be do chomping. you do? I be chomping. You be chopping. I be chopping. What do you mean? 
you know, I chomp it to the east and I chomp it to the west and I chomp it over to swordchomp.com where I listen to the Chompcast. Oh, shit. What else can I find there? What's at swordchomp.com? At swordchomp.com, you can chomp over to the east for episodes of the Chompcast where we talk about video games. Or you can chomp over to the west for Chomping After Dark where we spoil comics, movies, even video games themselves. Hell yeah. You know, one time, (laughs) I was listening to the Chompcast in the back of a car and a police officer comes over and he knocks on the window. And I roll it down, and he shines his light on me, and I say, I'll be chomping. (laughs) What did he say? Uh, He was breathless. He didn't know what to say. You know what I would have said? Tell me. I would have said I'd be chomping. I'd be chomping. Hey, we're back yet again to do this thing we call podcasting. We're going to talk about some games that we've been playing this week on the back end of the show. Okay. And uh, we're going to kick it off with a fucking absolute mess. No, I'm just kidding. That implies something negative. Uh, It's a, a paint mess, which is the best kind of mess, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about here. Splatoon 3, I had no segue for that. Josh, you've been playing Splatoon 3 uh, the past week, finally digging your teeth into it, dipping your paintbrush in there, whatever you want to say. Tell us all about it. Oh, yeah. Um, Splatoon 3 is more Splatoon, generally, as far as the main audience is concerned, which is mostly the PvP players at this point. there, there are a lot of changes to that kind of formula, which are excellent, considering the competitive scene that has developed around that game. There are now replay codes that are ridiculously easily shareable, which is excellent for coaching and for just general, you know sharing a thing like okay something crazy happened in this game i want to replay it let's let's you know make content out of it they've done an awful lot to make this game more um robust from a competitive standpoint which is great um from a i'm just kind of curiously interested in it standpoint uh the campaign again Three out of three is excellent in this game. Um, Frankly, Splatoon and uh, um, Titanfall are up there as the best shooter campaigns, period. Still the case Mm. here. In the Um, UK, we call it Splatty. um, This one has a... At least so far, it seems like it's going to be a higher number. I'd have to, I've got, you know, I'd have to look at a spreadsheet or whatever to find out the exact number of like, you know, hours put into it um, for the campaign. But it seems more robust here. Uh, okay. Similar, similar sort of a thing where you can go through a level and then after the fact, um, 
hey, do you want to complete the level with a different weapon loadout? Which is cool. Um, like, they're, they are shorter levels, but this, this is not a new thing, but again, it's kind of redoing what the series has done well in the past. You can mm. play through the level with the standard generic loadout, and then they'll also give you a couple options for, okay, maybe you want to play through this one with a sniper, or do you want to play through this one with a paintbrush instead? Um, which is really cool. It makes you rethink the way the levels are laid out um, in a cool way. Um, which is something I think a lot of games could benefit from. Um, really solid okay. and, and, and this one you have the option to just play with any of those loadouts right off the bat instead of having to complete them with your generic standard loadout first which is kind of the way it worked before um, I'm sure I'm going to hear this wrong because it's been ages since I've played it maybe that happened in 2 but in 3 you can play with any of the loadouts you can play with on a level right away which kind of is nice you, you know, like if you don't want to replay it, you can decide, oh, hey, I, I think I just want to play with this set of weapons on a particular level, which is nice. Um, that is nice, yeah. The, 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 the game itself is still ridiculously stylish, the same as it's always been. They've, these Splatoon games have always had a, A big part of them has always been the the, the street fashions that are a part of it. Um, this game is no different in that aspect. Um, half the end game is somehow getting the abilities you want onto gear that also you think looks good because kind of a, a big aspect of the games have always been... Fashion. Uh, yeah, fashion, but also... You know, the gear you get has ability slots, but you can re-roll them. And, you know, I really want this particular hat or these pair of shoes on my set. So I'm going to re-roll those, you know, gear slots over and over again until I get, you know, the abilities I want on the particular fashion that I want, which is still really cool and kind of gives you a long-term grind that is not locked off as like, oh, I just I can't even approach this until way later on. It's it's kind of there from the beginning, but it's just you know, giving out piecemeal. Like they've this this game has kind of taken a lot of the worst aspects of other shooter games as far as rotating storefronts. Oh no, I might need to buy this right now or I might miss it because only certain equipment is available at the stores at any given time. Um, and doing something actually interesting with it other than just the fucking bullshit here, spend real money on it sort of, you know, manipulation that a lot of other games have done with it. Mm, Whereas, you know, it's all the stores in the game are little boutique shops and other than weapons, weapons, you can buy the entire stock period, which has been the same the entire game. But other than that, individual gear there'll be like four pieces of gear you can buy from it from each shop at a given time and it's okay. a matter of oh i need to check in all the time to to make sure that i find the piece of gear that i want i, I want a particular set of shoes that i've seen one time but you know didn't have the money for so i, I need to keep up on 
like they do a lot of interesting things with the ideas that shooters have kind of run into the ground at this point. Um, Very good point. Yeah. And how far are you into the game right now? I am in the second world in, in the main, um, like the single player campaign, which is not particularly far. Um, but I've been putting a lot more time into the PVP aspect of it. Um, Mm. just playing well, PVP and, um, there's, there's also in Splatoon 2, but also is, is in here, but much more fleshed out. There is a PVE mode, like a co-op, like 4v the enemies mode. Mm. Um, the, the salmon run stuff, which is kind of a, um, kind of like a horde mode, sort of a situation. Game salmon mode. run seems fucking neat. Yeah, I need, yeah. I need salmon to pick salmon mode is, is really good. That was great in two, but it's much more fleshed out here, which is excellent because I liked that mode beforehand. For oh, I I, just, I don't want the stress of playing PvP, but I want to hop on and play something that's actually you know somewhat competitive, engaging. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. In that way. And this this is a much more fleshed out. Ver- I don't know much more, but more fleshed out version. Of Salmon Run from 2. Well, they have the advantage of having the experience of, you know, seeing it in action in 2 and going, yep. what can we change yep. to improve it? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. And this is this is very good. I, I still, I liked that in 2, but this is better. Um, it's just, it, it, in, in a lot of ways, it is just more Splatoon. Um, which, in a lot of other games, would be a downside. In this case... Definitely an upside. Like they, they kept what works. They tweaked the things that weren't. They've it. It is, it is a solid, solid shooter. And kind of, it's it's crazy that uh, this has been the game to get Nintendo into that space. Um, but, but hey, it, it, it makes it sense. It, it makes sense because it is so ridiculously solid. Um, the from from a if you're if you're not into the series standpoint um kind of a a good selling point of it a the fashion if you're into into that sort of a thing it's always fun to just even if you don't care about the stat bonuses and re-rolling stuff to have the perfect build on the gear you want it's still fun just to find new things to buy to to get the look you want (laughs) that's that that's fun from work it works even on a casual level, but if you want to make that work from a competitive level, it's it's a whole lot more in depth. Um, probably my favorite thing about it is less so the competitive aspect, which is excellent, 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 because there's just a there's a much um, the 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 idea of just area control in this game is hmm. so much more fleshed out than a lot of other games. It's it's an idea in basically every shooter as far as like the control, you know, the area control that you, you know, you have you have influence over just by obviously, like we've got the high ground here, we can control this this corridor or whatever. It's much more directly applied in Splatoon where oh, we've we've got our color ink on this area, we can move through it significantly faster while reloading because anytime you're swimming you're getting ink back while while doing it's it is it is a very easily understandable shooter 
as far as that cons- is is that's concerned. Splatoon is unique, but also very easy to grasp. Which yeah, is no, exactly. Not something a lot of games can boast. Exactly, there are a lot of games that aren't that complex, but when you look at them, are just impenetrable. And Splatoon is just kind of the opposite of that. Like, there's a lot going on there as far as the actual strategies to how you're going to win this, but you can see at a glance how it's going just from an overview of, oh shit, this one team has like 75% of the map covered in their ink. It's it's very clear that they've got an advantage as far as the amount of control that they have of the space. Mm. Yeah. Um, and that's that's still all here and done really well. Um, but I distracted myself. Again, the point I like about it is a lot of the single-player campaign stuff is much more about the... We made these puzzle boxes of how how are you going to get through here with a loadout that we give you type of puzzle shooter type of a thing. Um, And not in the portal sense, but in the, like, you know, you're still fighting enemies and have traversal to go with in it but the way you in it the the way you tackle each of these levels is drastically different given the weapons you have um okay and it's 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 still really satisfying they've done that well since the first game the first game was frankly underdeveloped in the single player campaign but showed how well they understood what the game was going about the puzzles were really strong but there were almost none of them in the first campaign. The right. second one, and then especially the DLC campaign that they had, were outstanding in two. And so far in three, this has been more of the same. It has been just excellent, excellent puzzle shooter type levels. Um, it's, just, it's, it's a really unique concept whenever they take the ideas that the rest of the game has going for it and try to, you know, do something completely single player with it. Mm. Yeah, it feels like like single player would be fun, but the highlight obviously is the multiplayer stuff. Yeah, you know that's that's always kind of been the focus, and you could tell that that was the focus from the first game, where mm. a lot of the single player stuff was just kind of there, and the single player was really more world building than campaign in a lot of ways, which. Frankly, the world building was extremely strong, but very vague at that point. Right. And that's that's gotten more nailed down, so there's less big questions to have answered at this point, but more, okay, we need more meat on these bones as far as the actual gameplay is concerned. And that's been really the focus here, because these, these levels are really good, um, especially in this one. It's, it's, we'll, we'll, we'll see where it ends up shaking out, because... Frankly, the the Octoling expansion from Splatoon 2 is just the high point as far as the campaign has been, even considering yeah, yeah, yeah. Splatoon 3. That 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 but campaign maybe is just top tier, period, of of all shooter gameplay. Um hmm. and it so far I've not seen anything that's quite on par with that, but also that was, you know, an expansion again. So they assume the assumption if you're getting you've... to this, you've played the whole campaign beforehand. So it could ramp to that. Exactly. It was, it was kind of, I mean, it was very much super Mario galaxy two, as far as a campaign goes. Whereas 
you know, we're we're we're, we're starting words. we're starting from ninety percent instead of from zero, and you know, going from there, for sure. Cool. Um, well, I'm excited to hear more of what you have to say. The more you end up playing it, mm-hmm. obviously, um, you're just getting started out, so. Oh yeah, it'll be cool. Be cool to get more into it. Uh, Rich, you've been playing a lot more Temtem this week. Yeah, uh, I put some significant more time into Temtem. I have since conquered uh, the first two dojos, which are the gyms of the world of Temtem. And I'm starting to have a, a deeper appreciation sort of of Temtem's battling and of the, the way its world is structured, which is kind of what I wanted to talk about a little bit. Um, For one, when I got to the second dojo, I think that is when I first realized kind of how to really get the most out of this combat because I was hitting a wall in a way that was making me think, uh, oh, I just need to grind and that doesn't sound fun. That sounds unpleasant. But like quickly just kind of thinking and going back and when I actually took down that dojo on my second try, it's really easy to look at the way Temtem's battles shape out and think, oh, I just need to grind and that's unpleasant. And you could probably brute force this game by doing that. But um Temtem is a little bit more demanding than your typical Pokemon game. And what I mean by that is because it's a double battling system, a lot of your Temtem abilities are based around, well, if I do this, my teammate gets a buff. Or, uh, for, for example, there are a few attacks that are like, this deals water damage, but if the other Temtem on the field on your side is a poison Temtem, it also inflicts poison. So you need to think more strategically with things like that. And you also really need to use items. Like, in a way that I think kind of feels like an extra thing in Pokemon, especially considering you have two Temtem on the field at all times, so you have two actions per turn. Yeah. You that's really something that's always felt like an afterthought stuff. in Pokemon, because they even have modes in the PvP in that game that are like, okay, you have a set number of items you can use. And they always felt just completely tacked on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think Temtem's getting the most out of them. I've also been able to see, considering this is, you know, quote-unquote an MMO, what the loop post-game is now. Like, I'm not, po- I'm not close to being post-game, but I've got a look at what it looks like, and I'm kind of understanding that. There are obviously bigger, like, online championship stuffs. Uh, post the main game, you can also challenge every dojo leader weekly, and they have a stronger, more competitive team. Uh, and That's there's cool. some, yeah, and there's, there's rewards for doing that, like weekly challenges. Um, a thing I've been noticing in this game that I'm like, that's smart. Pokemon should do more of that is oftentimes the dojo leaders and like your rival just have shinies, hmm. which I'm like, that's an interesting thing to show off. Like a gym leader will throw out like a pretty basic Temtem, but they have the shiny version and you're like, Ooh, that's neat. Shinies are always awesome. Yeah, and Temtem wants to lean into that uh, a little bit more, it seems. I'm also going to give a shout-out to what might be my favorite Temtem, because the name is really uh, stupid. The sort of Pidgeot equivalent of this is just called Grandpa. And it is an (laughs) old-ass-looking version of the bird that it starts off as. I love that. Damn. Uh, So yeah, I'm, I'm probably like a good solid 10 hours into this, and it's Kind of a fun game to like chill in a Discord and talk to people and just like work your way through. Um, 
or play with other people as well because that's an option. Uh, and I'm really liking it. Oh, I also wanted to mention briefly, I think this is a smart design choice that I wish Pokemon games would build a little bit round, uh, around a little bit more because it forces you to like rethink your team in each area. As you enter every area in Temtem, the way it's sort of structured is it's like, okay, I'm on this island now where the dojo is, and there's really mostly only two types of Temtem on this island, and the gym's going to be built mm. around that too. Like, the starting area is mostly wind and water Temtem, and then the second area is mostly nature and fire. Mm. Um, so, like, it's your first opportunity really to start catching those types of Tems and figure out how you're going to balance your team around a gym that you know is going to be built around fire and nature types. That's cool, because that's something I think was always kind of... not there in Pokemon as far as... Like... The Pokemon around a particular gym, frankly, have had nothing to do with the gym itself in Mm -hmm. almost every case. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's felt random. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah, I don't know if that's good or not, because in a lot of cases it allows you to find something that's strong against the gym around that gym. But, and, but this almost feels the opposite because well, for, for example, the second dojo has a big focus on fire type Thames. And until you've beaten the gym leader, the the dojo master there, when you beat him, gives you a key that allows you to access the area's volcano, which is the first area, and you can start catching fire types of your own. Hmm. Um, okay. I also, in, in that second area, I wanted to mention this, too. I, this was in my notes, and I completely slipped my mind again. I got access to the first breeding facility, like the daycare equivalent. And uh, the thing I really like about this, which, again, feels like people who are really into Pokemon are like, this is what we'd like to see. You go in, you select a Temtem, egg groups are a little different, it's kind of like, in order for Temtem to breed, they need to have at least one type in common, and you need to have a male and a female. Okay. And, but the beautiful thing is, you put both Tems and give them to the daycare person, and then you can straight up see a readout of what they're going to produce. Like, the stats on it, That's um, neat. before you go, okay, go ahead. Like, it's like, this is, it's going to take a little while, but this is what the egg they produce is going to yield. And you can just decide right there if it's worth it. I like That's that. Because cool. there's, frankly, wait, fuck, Pokemon has taken ages to get around to actually supporting the competitive scene in their games. This game is clearly built around people who want a very good competitive scene. Yeah, which I think is the way to go because, I mean, we've not gotten back there. But I can't remember if it was X and Y or Black and White, but one of one of the DS games allowed you to actually EV train directly by playing. I believe a that was game. Black and White. Was that Black and White? That that sounds right. Um. And it's a shame that we've not gotten back there to the literally direct. I want to train these EVs and get the exact number I want type system. Yeah, Temtem is is built around that sort of play style. I I really appreciate that, because that is something that, frankly, has been a pain in Pokemon. The, the, The 
bring a notebook if you actually want to take this game seriously because you can play it single player campaign type aspect without any effort whatsoever put into it it's just a matter of brute forcing your way through the campaign and then you get to the competitive and nothing literally nothing you've done so far has prepared you for what the game is actually about as far as the pvp competitive scene is concerned Another weird, interesting change to the general Pokemon formula that, like, I don't even necessarily think this is good or bad. I just think it's an interesting change. Yeah. Um, is rather than, you know, how way a Pokemon baseline works is kind of like, you know, oh, Caterpie evolves at level 12 or whatever. You know, that's what it is. Yeah. Um, in Temtem, most of the Temtem's evolutions are gated by not an exact level, but a number of levels being this... Temtem evolves once you've raised it 29 levels from whatever level you caught it at. Ah, okay. okay. It's interesting. That's yeah. neat. I, I, it, I, don't, I don't know if I'd like that in, theor- in practice, but in theory it sounds pretty interesting. Yeah, and then, I mean, they also gain levels more rapidly, the, you know, when they're in their base form as opposed to ev- evolved forms. Right. Um, and... A change that was made in Pokemon Legends Arceus is present in this that I hope is present in future Pokemon games where if you stop a Temtem from evolving rather than having to stop it every time they level up, you just go into their stat summary and hit, all right, time to evolve. Yeah, that's that's nice. That's just a nice quality of life thing that makes sense. Yeah, it it should have been there all along, but I'm glad that Arceus did that and I'm glad that Temtem is following suit. Yeah, I think it's the the smarter decision. I also want to give a weird shout out to like, they're not always good, but uh, I appreciate Temtem's sort of tongue in cheek writing of like trainer conversations before a battle where you'll walk up to someone and they will give you like a really long speech and you'll have dialogue options that are either like an actual response to the weird shit they say or you being like, can you just shut up and let's battle? I like that. Shut the fuck up. I'm not here to hear your life story. I'm here to or the, the constant phrase that appears that I just like as a phrase thrown around is Temtem up. I like it. I like it. There you Straight go. to the point. But yeah, I am. I'm going to definitely keep plugging away at Temtem. It's it's cool. It's definitely a very cool game. Yeah, I think I'm... you're going to burn yourself out of the style of game by the time that Pokemon comes out. No, I think that when I get around to Pokemon, in comparison to how much I have to think in Temtem, it's going to feel like a fucking cakewalk. Ah, uh, yeah, I can see Yeah, that. those games are, have always been pretty relaxing as far as the actual story is concerned. Yeah. Hmm. Fair point. Fair point, chops. All right, well, I very briefly want to mention uh, Tiny Can. I put it here just simply so we're each getting some some time talking about the games we played i ended up wrapping it up at this point um i'm undecided if i'm going to go back and 100 percent the game um i haven't at this point you know there there's a little bit of nectar i'm missing on each level um, a few random things here and there that i'm missing as well but i really enjoyed the game a lot i like the ending of the game is very cute um it's it's such a simple game to just relax to and play. I really mm-hmm. I enjoyed the game a lot a lot more than I thought I would, which is also making me want to play Pikmin all over again. Pikmin is obviously oh, yeah. not as relaxing of a game, but 
I forgot how much I enjoy this style of game where you're Oh yeah. You're you're basically making your servants <laughs> follow you, you know, lemming style, but in all seriousness, it's called I, a I white really person do. simulator. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Be your own boss in three easy steps. No, but uh I enjoyed it a lot. I think um we've been playing this game a ton lately. So if you're interested in it, make the time to play this game. I mean, it's on Game Pass. It's a lot of fun. It's really, really cute. Yeah. Incredibly addictive. Um, the music in all the levels was absolutely stellar. I really, yeah, really, really love the level design. Um, I have to say, I was not expecting this. I think my favorite level was um, the bathroom level. Now that yeah, that's pretty it. good. I, I like the fact that there are just like mountains of toilet paper everywhere on one side and you're climbing up just literally toilet paper and then the other side is kind of like a party in the bathtub. Those silverfish really cute. know how to fucking party. They do. <laughs> they do. So there, there are some really cute things in there. Um, like we talked about last week, there are some really cute Easter eggs in the game as well. So can't say good enough things about this game. Highly recommend Review on the site. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, Josh wants to talk about Metal Colon Hellsinger. I don't think you pronounced the colon. I like to pronounce it just because it's funny. Metal Hellsinger. Josh wants to talk about Metal Hellsinger. Um, this is another game on Game Pass if you are looking for something fun to play. Um, this is a... First-person shooter rhythm game. Um, a la Metal. BPM, which I've talked at length about previously mm. from a couple years ago now. Um, with the kind of selling point of this one by comparison being um, Metal by you know, artists you've heard of because they've licensed some, they've gotten some artists to actually come in and make music oh, that's for this cool. game, um, which is neat. And they've also hired, you know, Troy Baker to do voice work for it. And it is, it is, it is kind of the polished version of BPM to, to the extent of it. It's the same UI. Like they took the sort of same reticle with, Beats coming in from the side to keep time with whole cloth from BPM. Um, the big difference here is that these levels are custom made instead of being a roguelike sort of um, procedural system, mm. uh, which has its own plus and minuses. Um, the gameplay here being not whether you can get through a level or not, but being leaderboard based oh I, I played this level i got this score on it um at the end you get you know your place on the leaderboard compared to everyone else who's gone through it so far uh as as a, as a reward um for beating the beating the thing whereas bpm was you know do a run hope you get the weapons slash other drops you want in order to make it through um which is you know 
simple for some characters and difficulty levels you select and insanely difficult for some of the other characters slash loadout you know that, that, you, that you go with um okay um i've played the first couple levels and then as you beat a level you also get these like challenge rooms a la god of war like okay you got to this point i can unlock a special thing by doing this challenge room um with it which very much the the first few god of war games type of system um set up um okay what are some of the like some of the artists that they got in the game i I didn't hear you mention other than trey baker i'd have to i'd have to look this up because they've got quite a few and like each level has its own track associated with it uh, okay. Where they're doing an interesting thing again, we've talked. To, I've, it's come up a few times recently with the whole adaptive soundtrack system. Whereas you're playing through a level, you've got the basic, basic track going on when you first start. You get your combo up to eight times multiplier. You start getting the full instrumentation for the track. And you okay. get all the way up to these 16 times and the vocals kick in and it's just really pumping, which is cool. It's, it's neat that they really focus on the music itself in this game. Right. Um, this game feels much more polished than BPM as far as how the experience is right out the gate. like how fleshed out it is immediately. Okay. But I feel like there's just a whole lot less to sink your teeth into. Like it's, it, it feels, it feels empty to me. Whereas in BPM, I was trying to learn a bunch right off the bat with, you know, the different enemies that I was encountering as I went farther into these roguelike levels uh, Hmm. and trying to figure out how the different weapons and the different upgrades interacted with, you know, okay, I want a shotgun for this. Okay, I, I, I want let's 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 pick the rocket launcher instead. Because it's it's a matter of which drops you see and which drops you decide to pick up, sort of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um whereas this is a much more straightforward score attack type level system, which is significantly more approachable, but I think I I I'm getting less out of it considering it's much more approachable considering um and then on top of that frankly i don't think troy baker is particularly well utilized in this game the writing's not great i i don't think the voice direction is particularly top tier he's troy baker is a skull that your character finds in hell that oh it's interesting i'm a Troy Baker's a skull. I'm supposed to... I don't care at all about the story they're actually telling here. It seems like I'm supposed to care about some mystery here, but it's Troy Baker playing a completely 100% nondescript southern accent disembodied voice. Like, I... I, There's... (sighs) 
the game seems like it was made by an AI as far as like the story beats are concerned. Like this, this is very much cobbled together from like the, the greatest hits type, you know, story beats are concerned. Okay. Um, the gameplay is still solid enough because again, it is, it, it is, it is stolen whole cloth from BPM. And I absolutely loved that game. And I'm, really enjoying just going through the levels but you you get stuff like every time you die Troy Baker has a one-liner about how your character died and oh what you... <sighs> that just made you angrier type of a thing and it's it it really I don't This game seems like a budget was thrown at BPM and no actual interest beyond that. This I I'm okay. I'm I've seen a lot more marketing for this game. I've seen a lot more people interested in it in general. This game got immediately taken by you know Game Pass. It's it's on Game Pass now. It is it is absolutely 100% worth your time to play consider if you have that already because the gameplay itself is already more than worth it um just given how solid bpm was it, right as as a fan of bpm i'm extremely disappointed considering what this game could have been as far as a much more fleshed out campaign okay we're not mm. going to do procedural generation you can have much more interesting levels and it's 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 not there it is like you said i can't remember if you said this on this show or when we were talking earlier but it is very much bpm by way of doom 2016 um uh, that was before the show i mentioned that to you was yeah. it before the show okay sorry but this is very much that rhythm-based gameplay but you get into an arena, it's obviously an arena, you're going to have a big fight and move on. Sort of a feeling to it. There is... <sighs> it's weird. Like, I feel like I'd love this game if I hadn't played BPM, is kind of where I'm landing on it, is, is, is the sad part of it. I think a lot of people are going to love this game and miss out on the actual better game, which is BPM. Mm. Um, just because of the, the way money's been thrown at it. Got it. Yeah, I, I I'm looking through some of the. Uh, the it's not, uh, yeah, it's not to say this game is people bad. Who are in, some of the people who are involved with it? Bjorn Strid from Soilwork, which he also played with Demon Hunter for a time. Yeah. Mikhail Stan, which is from Dark Tranquility and the Halo Effect. Matt Heafy from Trivium. Randy Blythe from Lama God. And there's a. Uh, I won't spoil this on on here. Um, you can look it up if you want. But there's a scored finale it's supposed to finish off the game um there is a very famous singer for a very famous band that yeah. heads up the finals the track. um the, the current uh top comment in the reviews on steam is this album comes with a free game yeah no i mean that, that that's it like this game is like i was saying this is bpm but they threw a budget behind it, and that comes with all the upsides and downsides associated with that. There's a whole lot less character to this game. There is a whole lot more production value thrown behind it, even though, frankly, like I said before, 
They don't utilize Troy, ba- Troy Baker well at all. But he's here because, mm. oh, this game kind of was popular. Let's clone it and put Troy Baker in it. Um, and then, again, like you said, a ton of much bigger artists in the metal scene are doing music for this. It's really cool, conceptually, but also it, it just feels like there's none of the heart that was in BPM. Um, mm. And it, 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 I don't know, it just, it, it's kind of disappointing to me on that level. Um, I, if you've not played that, absolutely pick this up on on game pass it is it is 100 percent worth your time it is it is excellent i was just gonna say it's on game pass right yes it is it is on game pass and it is 100 percent worth your time they do an interesting thing here where when you're going into a level your your unlock system in this game is kind of as you go through the levels you unlock more stuff and then you can play any of the other stuff with that new unlocked gear um for the score attack, which is kind of the replay value of this game. Um, which is really cool. You guys want to hear something really weird? And Go this ahead. is Go clearly ahead. purely coincidental, but I just found it troubling. I was on uh, BPM's Steam page. Mm-hmm. BPM came out on the same day two years ago. September yes. 15th, 2020. Yeah, is no. That's that kind of crazy. weird? No, like, again, this... this... <sighs> It really does. It feels like this is. It's troubling to me because I, I whatever game games always have clones. This is this is not a new thing. It's not. There's nothing new under the sun. This is 100 percent games cloning. BPM also that currently 50 percent off. Ten dollars. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. If if after playing sure this on you, you want Game more Pass, then go then BPM yeah yeah absolutely BPM because I think that is the stronger product but again there's less money thrown behind it there's some jankiness to that game but also I never got the highs BPM, are higher so I think I'm gonna start with Metal Hellsinger and if I find myself wanting more I know BPM is out there yeah yeah um yeah mm-hmm. Okay, well, cool. I'm definitely going to keep playing it, though, because I absolutely love BPM, and even though I don't think this is as good as BPM, it's more of the same, and I'm absolutely on board for that. Absolutely, because this is a genre that we should have seen more of. Like, frankly, Crypt of the Necrodancer came out. We didn't see a lot of that until... They kind of did it again themselves with Cadence of Hyrule, and then we saw BPM, and actually I think BPM came out before Crypt of the Necrodancer, but it was announced at the time. But like the, the, the genre of action rhythm game is something that does not have enough entries in it. There are not enough entries considering how ridiculously fucking strong action rhythm game is as a concept. Mm. So. Okay. Even even well, though this I'll is be- a clone that's not as strong as BPM, it's absolutely worth your time. Mm. I'll definitely have to check it out um, at some point, just because it sounds intriguing, and that, that list of artists is pretty hefty. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. So, um, I'll have to check that out. Just a few more games here on the back end. We have Rich wanting to talk about Blind Fate Edonoyami. Yeah, um, so this 
kind of stealth drop today as if we're recording it. Um, I've had a code for a hot minute, but haven't been talking about it because I didn't know what the embargo info was. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about Blind Fate. Um, I first saw this at PAX. Uh, we definitely touched on it then. So basically, this is an action uh, 2D sort of Metroidvania style game where the gimmick is the main character is blind. And you might be thinking, how the fuck does that work? Well, let me answer this for you. Um, it's set in sort of a cyberpunk future that is very themed in terms of ancient Japan, where, um, basically there are demons like literal yokai that are machines that like swarm these ancient cities. Um, and you are one of the hunters, but when the game starts, you were basically nearly killed and they don't give you the setup of how exactly this happened, but you were given cybernetic components and brought back to hunt, but, uh, you don't have any, like, actual working vision, so what you're looking at when you move through the environments is a still frame of the, the city you're in as it existed thousands of years ago. Um, okay. so what that means is you're basically, you, you can't see any movement. It's a still frame, and also everything's not consistent, so you might go to jump off something that doesn't exist anymore, and you need to sort of adapt and keep moving around that. Um, and also because of that, you can't instantaneously see where enemies are present. You have to use these sort of extrasensory abilities to get an idea of, okay, there's an enemy here, and once you make contact with them, they then remain visible for a few seconds. Uh, I know as you progress, there are abilities that make them, say, visible longer, so you can kind of combo faster and keep things moving. Uh, but I'm still very early on. I This game okay. has a crazy fucking look to it. Like, everything about the design is kind of cool, and it just feels good in action, and it's wholly unique in this weird uh, shift in perspective, I guess is the best way to put it with the environment, where you're you're looking at a level as a way it might have existed, but not everything, your eyes can deceive you. Not everything is, like, meant to be taken at face value. That's cool. Mm. That's cool. That kind of... It feels like it's kind of pulling a little bit from, uh... Dororo, as far as, you know, the 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 anime influences concerned as far as the you know like the story hmm. aspects as far mm-hmm. as that is going well, for sure it's a neat concept especially in game form it's, it's, it's neat to kind of see how that would play out yeah yeah and there's something uh, I, I, there are certain points where you sort of get flashes of like images overlapping to get an idea of like you are walking through an environment that you're seeing as like this neon lit rainy uh sort of like blade runner-esque looking city but in actuality you're walking through like overgrown dilapidated ruins i'm kind of curious again i don't want to spoil this so don't say that if you've gotten to this point but it, this seems like prime territory for you know x corporation has decided that no reality should look like this now and so you're 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 you know given a completely bullshit view of what the world actually looks like now but it's the one you've paid for so i've no real trace of that but i could see that being a thing 
my, my understanding of the world is they're sort of dulling it out is the the humans are very like the idea that you're even walking around with these cybernetic components yeah sort of seems to go against what human civilizations would be okay with in this world like you're barely you're not even really human anymore at this point okay yeah i don't know that that idea of the whole again since you're given like you said like a simulation version of what the world should look like um yure deco from this last fall season is kind of another take on that but but again this is another sort of you know augmented reality type setting instead of you know the only version of the world you can see mm-hmm. um i don't know it's neat conceptually i'm i'm curious to see where they go with that as far as yeah. the story is concerned it's yeah it's it's definitely an intriguing concept they sent us over a code so i'm going to keep plugging away at that i'm i mean i would either way i'm still very much enjoying it yeah. uh but uh it's cool i it's the art immediately jumped out at me the first time we saw it on the show floor there oh yeah um, it looked strong but it's it's very fucking cool and i'm interested to see where it goes hmm. oh yeah cool cool um i have a 30 second blurb on horizon forbidden west and that'll pretty much wrap up the show but i started playing that again just because i'm i'm of the mindset this year that playing games that i've spent money on finishing them before i buy more games it's the only reason why i haven't bought elden ring yet um yeah so i want to try and finish horizon forbidden west before i you know spend the money on anything else but i played a little bit more last night and um i got to a really cool story beat where uh one of the guys who survives the big assault early in the game um one of the guys who assaults survives the assault early in the game he um essentially he's one-armed and he asks you to help or he's tasked with helping you kind of unite one of the tribes and so you go to do that and um it was a cool little mission i, I was telling the guys before the show that it ended up um, you fighting a giant mech elephant, which was really fucking cool. That was probably the coolest moment in the game so far for me. It obviously reminded me a lot of the Lord of the okay. Rings, but I was I was really yeah. keen on that that moment, and um, it was an epic fight. But I it's just slogging through that story is tough. There's so much talking, and there's so many names being thrown around with so many tribes, and it's it's hard to keep track of everything that's happening in the game. And I've, I've almost just completely disconnected from the story and I'm just wanting to finish it at this point. But um, Hmm. there are small bits and pieces here and there, like small missions or small um, interactions that are really cool about the game. Just the main story itself is just, it's such a slog right now. I'm not feeling it. I'm hoping I'm keeping hope that if I keep playing, it'll get better, but um it's not seeming that way right now so this is Mm. my therapy session guys let me have it yeah that's just kind of sad i mean i mean there's hmm. i I imagine most of the budget went into the olifant at that point olifants yeah 
still only counts as one. It's to be it's to be it's to be expected, but still, a little, yeah. little, little. It's a little disappointing. My game was fine. Well, I'm glad you got some enjoyment out of it, Rich. I'm I'm working. I'm hoping to get to that point, but we'll see. Remains to be seen. Uh, anyways, yeah. uh, that's pretty much it for the show. Uh, so I want to say a few back end things. Um. First and foremost, if you want more content from us, head over to SoreChomp.com where we have other podcasts available for your listening leisure. We have an article section. Rich and I have both recently gotten up reviews on some games that we've recently played. I know Ray is going to be getting up one here fairly soon as well, who is our part-time contributor here at SoreChomp. Uh, we have a merch section at store.SoreChomp.com if you enjoyed our funny self-plugging commercial check that out and last but not least you head over to patreon.com slash you can find out ways to support us and you will be rewarded for it in turn um so yeah check that all out but we're gonna get out of here uh it's been a long day already long night for these guys uh i want to say thank you to rich and josh for being here i was your host shay and we will be back on the next episode of the Chompcast. Thank you so much. And Rich, take it away. So that's what we say. <laughs> that we do. <laughs>